Welcome to the Hope Story Podcast, where we share resources, encouragement, and hope for families of children with Down syndrome. Here's your host, husband, dad, and founder of Hope Story, Rick Smith. Welcome to the Hope Story Podcast. This is Rick Smith, and we are here tonight talking with one of our hope advocates, Emily Kessler. Emily, welcome to the Hope Story Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, typically when we, you know, bring someone onto the podcast and we start, you know, sharing their story, we get right into the birth story and we ask them to share a little bit about their child's birth story. And Emily's birth story is a little bit different than a lot of the families that we have talked with, actually all the families that we have talked with on the Hope Story podcast, in that Emily and her husband adopted a child with Down syndrome and actually are in, in uh, sort of in works to adopt a second child with Down syndrome, which is really phenomenal and really encouraging. And so, Emily, I'd love for you just to share with us a little bit about, you know, number one, what led you to adopt? And then number two, specifically, what led you to adopt a little girl with Down syndrome? And so just kind of share some of that story with us. Okay, well, um, we had our oldest, Landry Kate. She was born in 2015, and not long after she was born, we started talking about what it might look like to grow our family by adoption instead of having another child biologically. And then we started to pray about it and really have a conversation about it around her first birthday. And it was a big, long, it's a longer story than this podcast has time for, but um, we um, finally came to a point where we felt like that was where God was leading us. And we began to have conversations around the special needs that we would be open to. Um, we decided to adopt from China and all children in that program are um, have a special need of some sort. And so I began to follow families on social media who had children with Down syndrome. And I just really began to feel the pull and the tug from God to, um, to say yes to a child with Down syndrome. And it took us a little while of talking it through and praying it through, talking to some mentors. But um, we decided to move forward with that route. And we um, brought Cora home from China in 2018. It'll be two years in November of this year. And we are so thankful that that's the, the doors that God led us through because we just can't imagine life without her. Yeah, that is awesome. So for... You know, for for those of us who, you know, I've never obviously adopted any child before, but I think that's really heroic and really amazing when someone does adopt another child, you know, to step into someone's world and say, hey, we want to bring you into our home and love you as our own is just really phenomenal uh, to me and and I assume to everyone listening. And so for those of us that do not have a lot of experience or any, any experience adopting a child, what was the process like? What what sort of walk us through what the process was? Once you and your husband said, hey, you know what? We're going to do this. Let's do it. Uh, let's move forward. What was the, the process like? Well, there's um, obviously lots of paperwork. And it, all the processes are different depending on the country, um, whether you're adopting domestically or internationally, in which country internationally. But we had our dossier, which was our big packet of paperwork, already sent to China. Um, and it was logged in is the words that they used. So the Chinese government had already pre-approved us to adopt. And we were sitting and waiting to be matched when we decided to go ahead and jump feet first into a Down syndrome adoption. And because of the 
because of the number of children who are waiting to be adopted with Down syndrome, we were matched right away with our daughter. That happened in August, I believe, of 2018. And we were on a plane within a few months to meet her, which was a crazy fast turnaround. But it looks like a whole lot of paperwork and a whole lot of persistence. Yeah. And so thanks for sharing that. And so you got on the plane to meet her. You went to China. You you met her for the first time. And then do you fly back home or is everything sort of finished at that point and and she gets to come home with you? How does that work? Um, Again, depending on the country, but for China, it's a one-shirt adoption. So you fly into the country, you meet your child in their home province, and then you spend two weeks there doing paperwork in their province, finalizing the adoption from in the city where they're from. And then everyone flies to Guangzhou, which is in the southern part of China, to do their um, American visa for the child's passport and to just finish up all of their medical exams and all of that before flying home. So it's a two-week turnaround, um, meeting your child, finalizing, and then the moment that your plane touches down on American soil, they're an American citizen, which is crazy um, to think about. But... <laughs> It's all just kind of crammed into two weeks and a really pretty quick process. Wow. Well, that that is so awesome. And then, you know, I, I think I briefly mentioned that you guys are in the process of adopting a second little girl from China. And so how is that? How's that going? Where are you guys at in the process with all of that? That's correct. Um, Callie is four, so she will actually be our middle daughter of the three. She'll be a, a, about seven months older than Cora. And we are... Technically, all we are waiting for is the travel approval, which is the invitation from China to get on a plane and fly um, over there and meet her and bring her home. There are lots of people that are waiting that have been waiting way longer than us because of COVID. We've been waiting for about two months, I think. So um, our wait has been relatively short, but um, COVID has messed up so many things with the adoption process and just made it a lot longer journey than we anticipated, but we are hopeful that God's timing will be perfect and that he will get her home just as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, that, that is what, what an awesome story. Thank you for sharing all that with us. And so, and so you brought your daughter home. Now, before you adopted your daughter with Down syndrome, did you, did you and your husband, did you guys have any relationship to anyone with Down syndrome? Did you know much about uh, what it was like raising a child with Down syndrome, or was it all sort of new? We had no relationship with anyone with Down syndrome. Cora was actually our first, which is really sad considering we anticipated it and we were ready for it, but we just never really had a chance to connect in person with anyone before we met her. So she was our very first person with Down syndrome to know and to love. But we did have a lot of connections online, through social media, and through like Facebook groups and stuff. So we knew and we knew more than we could have known. We didn't go into it completely blind when we had friends that were walking a similar path. So they were kind of helping lead the way and telling us what to expect. And we had done enough research to have at least the book knowledge that we thought we needed to raise our daughter, (laughs) but we probably could have been much more prepared Looking back on it, I wish we had done more. <laughs> well, I don't think any of us can be prepared to be, you know, number one, a parent at all, much less the parent no. of a child with, with special needs. <laughs> no. You just kind of jump, jump in. That's right. 
At Hope Story, we believe one of the greatest gifts for new parents of a child with Down syndrome is a friend who also has a child with Down syndrome and is a little farther along in their parenting journey. That's why we're working to connect OBGYNs with families raising a child with Down syndrome so they can connect their patients with parents who can offer friendship, encouragement, and hope. We call this the Hope Advocate Process. To learn more and to sign up to become a Hope Advocate, simply visit hopestory.org forward slash Hope Advocate. And now back to our show. Well, so when you, before you adopted your daughter, I'm sure you and your husband had some thoughts, some ideas in your mind of what it was going to be like, you know, raising a child with Down syndrome. And then now that you, you know, almost two years into this journey of, of being the parents of a child with Down syndrome, you know, I'm sure there are some things that are similar to what you guys thought and some things that really surprised you. So what are some of the things that sort of surprised you about what it would be like to be the parent of a child with Down syndrome? Honestly, I feel like most surprising part has been how normal life is. I think I anticipated Down syndrome coloring our world. I mean, it does in some ways, but I I think I anticipated it changing everything, just these seismic shifts for every piece and every part of our lives. And really, Cora, she improves so much of our lives. There are parts that are different that we have to think about things differently. But um, for the most part, it just hasn't been as big of a deal. There are days that we don't even think about really that she has Down syndrome. It's just her and who she is. And it's just part of our life now. And I think I was surprised that um, it didn't feel more obviously huge, I guess. Yeah, I, I think very similar to what, what you just said is that people would be surprised of you know how normal our life is, you know, I mean, all things considered, but I mean, we're not sitting around thinking about Noah having, you know, our son Noah that has Down syndrome. We're not sitting around thinking about Down syndrome 24 seven. It just sort of blends, blends into the background of our, of our family. You just do what you have to do for your child and it, it's just your normal. Yeah, it's, it's your normal. And so I, you know, I don't know what your perspective was about or towards people with Down syndrome before bringing a child into your home. But, you know, what are some ways that maybe your perspective about people with Down syndrome has changed since, you know, sort of over these last, these last two years? I would say I can see much more of the individuality of people with Down syndrome. I think I had kind of a one size fits all cookie cutter version of people with Down syndrome in my brain, kind of bought into the stereotypes in some ways of what they're like and what they do and um, how they act, but being more involved in the community surrounding the Down syndrome world and raising our daughter, I see that those stereotypes are nothing like what each individual child or person with Down syndrome is like. And um, that has been a great thing to learn. I wish I had known that beforehand, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you so much for you know, for sharing that. So what does a typical day, well, you know, we're, we're recording this in, um, you know, October and we are in the midst of a global pandemic. And so everyone's day looks much different today than it, than it did at the beginning of the year. But when COVID is not going on, when we're not in the middle of a global pandemic, what does a typical day look like in your house, uh, you know, for your family and for your daughter with Down syndrome? 
It looks just like my other daughters. Um, before COVID, Cora had just started at our local public preschool. She had aged out of early steps on her third birthday and was beginning her three-day-a-week school program. And she got a couple weeks into that before COVID, but it looks so much like Landry Kate's day, just school and time at home with mom if she wasn't in school. And we weren't doing extra therapies at the time. So our our day-to-day life was literally no different than what Landry Kate's normal day would look like. Yeah, sort of, you know, going back to what you said earlier, just sort of how normal you know, quote unquote, normal things, things are, you know, when you and your husband were thinking about adoption and you were thinking about more specifically adopting a child with Down syndrome, you know, in some ways it is sort of like having a prenatal diagnosis in the sense of you don't really know what to expect. Sure. You have some thoughts, you have some ideas, you know, you get on the internet and you look things up, but you know, you, you parents may also have a wide variety of uh, thoughts swirling around in their head. And so if you had a time machine and you could go back into some of those conversations between you and your husband, when you guys were thinking about it, praying about it, you know, what are some things that you know now that you wish you could have told yourself, you know, a couple of years ago before you made finalize the adoption? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I think one of the main things I would want to tell myself is just, how amazing the journey would be and how much knowing and loving Cora would change our hearts and our family and our like surrounding community, our parents and our friends, everyone. I feel like it's just made our world so much brighter. And I think that I would have told us not to be scared because there was, even though we were choosing to adopt a child with Down syndrome, there was still fear and there was still some grief to work through in the process of just what will life look like and what will this do to us long-term and how will we be able to afford this? And just all those questions that families asked when they get a diagnosis, we still had to process all of those things. And I think I would have just really leaned into that with us and said like, it's going to work out. There's nothing to be afraid of. And once you meet her, you're going to fall in love and it's going to all be worth it. (laughs) It won't matter in the least how scared you are right now before you jump in. Yes, that is really good. I, you know, in some ways, you know, wish we had a time machine to be able to go back and and tell ourselves, you know, some of those in in some situations, things like what you just said, you know, I know for me, if I could go back just saying, Hey Rick, it's not going to be, you know, you're, you're scared and you're anxious. Those are all normal feelings, but this is going to be a huge blessing in your life. You know, your your life is going to be a million times better because Noah is in it. And, you know, you may not get that right this second, but one day you're going to look back and go, man, why, you know, I wish I knew then what I knew now. Okay. So, you know, you, know, you brought up community and, you know, community, when we say that, you know, we're really talking about, to some extent, people around us having friends and family around us that um, you're not meant to, uh, that you're not meant to be alone and that you can have, you know, people around you to help support you and encourage you. And, you know, community can be a blessing. You know, sometimes though people can be well-meaning and, you know, also unintentionally say things that are hurtful or 
unhelpful. Was there anything that, you know, people in your community, you know, friends, family, maybe people on Facebook, um, when you either you told them that you were considering adopting someone with Down syndrome, or maybe after you finalized it and, and brought your daughter home, was there anything that people said to you that, you know, maybe, you know, you, you can even remember those comments kind of ingrained in your head and you say, Hey, you know what, those, that comment wasn't, wasn't helpful. It wasn't, it didn't help me. Were there any comments that people said to you like that, that you remember that, that weren't super helpful at the time? We got lots of questions um, because we were adopting and not giving birth to a child with Down syndrome. There were a lot of questions that I feel like families probably wouldn't hear otherwise about why we were choosing it. And I think people around us were feeling the same fear and the same uncertainty we were. And that came out in a lot of questions about how we were going to handle our choices and what it would look like for our family and for Landry Kate. And, but I think the only time I can really remember with a medical professional, after we came home with Cora, we were at a um, doctor's appointment to do some checkup and follow up on some medical things. And this person just did not quite understand why we had walked into this journey and what we were doing and proceeded to give me a laundry list of all the things that people with Down syndrome struggle with, what takes longer to learn, things that they might never do. And I just remember sitting with, Cora was tiny. She was in nine month clothes at 21 months of age. She was this teeny tiny baby. I remember sitting with her on my lap and just struggling to keep my composure because all of these things were things that I had obviously researched and knew and we had processed and dealt with long before we brought her home. And I was so frustrated and sad that that was all that this person could see in my daughter who was sitting there staring back. And it just broke my heart. It shattered me into a million pieces. And that I think is the one that's ingrained of like, okay, this is how the world tends to see my child. And what can I do to help change their their perspective and their outlook on what it means to raise a child with Down syndrome. Yes, we chose this and yes, things are going to be different and our lives may look different, but there is hope and there's joy in that. And it doesn't have to end in a laundry list of all the ways that things could be harder or go wrong. Yeah. And that's why I'm so glad that you are a hope advocate. And so for those who are listening that may not know, you know, Hope Advocate is a mom or a dad of a child with Down syndrome, one year old or older, who lives in the United States and can be a source of hope, a source of encouragement to new families, new parents who have just found out their child's going to be born with Down syndrome or parents whose child has been born with Down syndrome. And we can help connect new families to existing families and we help provide educational material to uh, medical professionals and we help be help medical professionals get connected to a family with Down syndrome. And so if you're out there listening and you meet that criteria that you're the parent of a child with Down syndrome, one year old or older, and you live in the United States, we'd love to invite you to be a part of the Hope Story family, be a hope advocate like Emily is. You can do that by going to hopestory.org, clicking on existing parent. You can sign up. You'll get a really cool personalized hope kit in the mail. And uh, we'd love for you to be a part so that you can help make a difference uh, in the life of others and you can help change some of the negative perceptions that are out there um, in the culture. 
Are you the parent of a child with Down syndrome and interested in sharing your story on a future episode of the Hope Story podcast? If so, please visit hopestory.org forward slash podcast and let us know. We may end up featuring your family's story on a future episode. And now back to our show. So a couple of more questions. So you have two children right now in your home, one child who has Down syndrome, one child who doesn't have Down syndrome. And so what are the dreams that you have right now for your child with Down syndrome? And how are those dreams similar or different to that of your other child? Cora is still very young. And so it's almost hard for me to project for my children at this age. She's only three, but I really hope and dream that she lives in a world as an adult where her extra chromosome is something to be celebrated and not pitied. Um, I really hope that she's able to chase whatever dreams she has and that she's able to just have every opportunity um, that she can imagine at her feet and um, just be able to do whatever it is that God sets in our heart to do. And I guess that's not different at all from my other daughter. I would say the same about her. It feels a little more hopeful um, for Cora, just because it seems like a pipe dream almost, but we are, we've come so far with how these um, people with Down syndrome are treated and what they're able to do in our society and our communities. And I just really hope that that continues. I can't wait to see what our children who are so young right now, what their lives look like as adults with Down syndrome. I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. We have three children, one that has Down syndrome, two that don't. And yeah, I think all of our dreams and, you know, dreams and hopes and desires for all of them are, are very similar. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian and we want them all to know and love God and, and to walk with God and, you know, and be kind to others and, and find their fulfillment, not in stuff, you know, but just in, in being kind and serving other people and, and being good citizens, you know, who, who know and walk with God and treat other people the right way. And so if we can do that, um, I feel like we'll have some some wins in that. So last two questions. And so um, typically I ask people, the very last question is, what would you say to a parent whose child has just been diagnosed with Down syndrome? And I'm going to save that one to the very end, because before that, I want to ask you this question. And so people might be listening to this podcast because they are considering adopting a child with Down syndrome. And, and maybe they saw the title of this pod, podcast or they saw it on, on the internet somewhere and it piqued their curiosity. And so what words of wisdom, what words of advice would you say to someone who maybe right now listening to this is considering going down the path of adoption and specifically adoption for a, of a child with Down syndrome? It's hard not to say, just go for it, uh, because obviously I feel very passionate about that topic. But I really do feel like if God is starting to pull at heartstrings, that it's wise and it's best to lean into that um, to connect with other families who have walked the path you're considering, whether that's in person or on social media or over the telephone, whatever it is, just to be able to ask what their lives are like and to see little glimpses of what it is that you feel like God may be calling you to. There's such a need. I don't feel like I can stress that enough. In Cora and Kelly's country alone, there is over a thousand children waiting to be adopted with Down syndrome. And that's just the ones who've had the paperwork prepared for it. There's such a need. So if you feel that niggling in your heart and you think 
maybe I could do this. Just really lean in and ask the questions and let God lead where he will. Um, I think um, even when things come up that make us question it, he often uses those things to bring about what he has for us in our stories. And it certainly happened in our family that way. So great. Those are great. Those are some great thoughts. So last question, what would you say to a parent whose child has just been diagnosed with Down syndrome? He or she may be scared, worried, anxious, concerned about the future. And let's pretend you're sitting right there on their living room couch talking to them. What would you share with them? Well, the first thing I'd want to say is congratulations with a joyful heart. I'm so excited about your child and to meet them. And I would just also want to tell them that there will be doubts, there will be questions, there will be fears, but they aren't alone in those things. And to just surround themselves with people who either have children with Down syndrome or who are going to be their biggest cheerleaders for their family and just really lean into that community and let people love on you and encourage you and spur you on as you need it because life is going to be beautiful. And if you have those people surrounding you, your family is going to do amazing things. That is really good. And I like that you said the first thing that you would say is congratulations, because you know what? Every parent of any child wants to hear congratulations and congratulations is always in order uh, when a new child is born. All right, Emily. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, you know, I'm so encouraged by your story and I can't wait to hear how the rest of your story unfolds as you bring your third daughter into your home. You know, when I think about hope stories, you and your family really are a story of hope. And I'm so glad that you guys are a part of the Hope Story family. Um, I'm glad that, you know, other families in your community, hopefully one day, can get connected to you so that they can be encouraged. And and for any other moms listening, moms or dads out there listening who want to become a part of the Hope Story family like you are um, and become a hope advocate, they can simply go to hopestory.org, click on existing parent, learn a, a little bit more there, and then sign up. And I hope that everyone listening that fits that criteria will do that. Emily, thank you so much for being on the Hope Story podcast tonight. Absolutely. It was so much fun. All right. Well, everybody listening, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hope Story Podcast, and we will talk to you soon on the next episode of the Hope Story Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hope Story Podcast. On our website at hopestory.org, you can find this episode's show notes, subscribe to our email list, and learn about how Hope Story is working to connect every OBGYN in America to a family raising a child with Down syndrome through our Hope Advocate process. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Hope Story Podcast.